Fern, what's up? What's wrong with your mic? Cody made me move it. <clears throat> Jeez, well, is it no good? Well, it it doesn't help if you talk away from the mic. I don't know if you Hello. know. Hello, can you hear yeah, me? Yeah. Put your full mouth on it. Hi guys, I'm doing the podcast. Know, like, with you. Ah, like literally, like <laughs> put your mouth on it. No, come on, this is this is a this is safe for work podcast. Um. What's going on? You're going to be in New Orleans this weekend. Anybody going to the what's what what summit is that? Which one? South Central Affiliate South? Summit in New Orleans. Who's going to be there? If you're River watching, Parish, if you're River Parish CrossFit or CrossFit River Parish. I'm sorry if I got that wrong. It's one or the other. I can't remember. Let us know. Fern will be there. He's going to be talking all about affiliate ownership, business, all that cool stuff. I so, believe there's going to be 75 affiliates there and then 150 ooh. attendees. So the for those of you that don't know, so we should talk about that real quick. So the summits, they now allow the affiliate owner and one guest. So that could be your spouse. It could be your GM. It could be your head coach, whatever. I highly recommend that you guys make them to those, uh, make it to those because they're, they're, there's a ton of great speakers. Um, I forget the list was... Uh, Austin Malio is going to be doing state of CrossFit. Jordan Holland's going to be doing this presentation on sales. I'll be doing a presentation on the affiliate. Kelly Jackson will be doing a presentation on coaching inside of the affiliate. Um, there'll be some round table exercises, I believe was in the, yeah. um, in the timeline. Workout. And, um, I did not see a workout in there, but there might be. No, no, but, saw, um, there's a workout on the, on the schedule. Is there? Mm-hmm. Uh, I probably just I'd probably just blocked it out since the opens over. I don't care anymore. Uh, you, you, you did your three weeks a year. You're good. How'd you do? Which one of us won the open? The three of us. Did I win? No, Cody. definitely. Cody you definitely did not win. You didn't. Cody, you were Cody might have edged me out because he did all the workouts multiple times. Um, yeah, what a cheater. But I'm playing the rules, dude. Playing the rules. Who won? Look it up, Cody. All right. So today. It's you and me, Fern, the good old days. I was just uh, chatting with our buddy Christian Jensen. You know, people always ask us, like, how do we get started? How do we get here? Just hit and record. Here we are again. Hit and record. Very reminiscent of day one. Talking about the deadlift, the sumo deadlift typo, the med ball clean. Before we kick off, you wanted to give a shout out to one of our clients, Big Shoulders CrossFit. Yeah, Brendan Ziegler going on. Um he went on to uh, Hiller had him on the show. They're friends for the record, right? So they have known each other for a long time, and he went on there to um, debate's not the right word, but just to have a, a professional conversation from two different points of view. And I think that that is appropriate. I think the here's what I think: there's no shortage of people taking huge craps on CrossFit. And I think more people should be prepared and willing to step up to the table and be like, Nope, that is actually inaccurate. You've made some incorrect assumptions here. So let me set the record straight. And I think we've lost a little bit of that edge. And I'm not suggesting that you be, um, confrontational, confrontational or unprofessional, but you don't need to be like, you can just speak intelligently and, definitively and authoritatively on the topic that you know well, particularly if you have your level three, you're more than qualified to talk about what CrossFit um, um, promotes and what they don't promote. Um, And I was talking to Brendan earlier because I shot him a text and I said, I was like, bro, nice job. Like you didn't, like, I thought, I thought you did a good job, like speaking to the facts and most of the, if not all of the 
critiques of CrossFit with regard to the training methodology. Yeah. With regard to the training methodology, um, from my experience are born out of ignorance and they're, and they're conflating issues that are not things that CrossFit promotes. And my whole contention with a lot of that stuff is there's a difference between what you see on the internet and what CrossFit promotes. Those are not always the same thing. And they're, and, and that record should be set straight because that'll be another way to keep the, keep the community and the, and the coaches and the affiliates uh, a little bit more honest. So anyway, not the point of the show, but good job. Joby, I'm confused. Are you going to be there? You say we are not going, but we did get invited. And then later on, you said me. Did I ask a second question? Um, maybe. Asked a lot oh, it is River Parish. I, had, I think I had it right the first time. Um, I've not been there, by the way. Um, that's on the West Bank, if I'm not mistaken. You got to get I'm some beignets. Probably. I mean, I'll pro- I don't know if I'll be able to grab some because I'm going to be driving from Baton Rouge in the morning. Um, gotcha. Does, does Hiller have his level three, by the way? No. No, no, no. It's so confidently, Cody. How do you know? Because I consume lots and lots of content. He's not a dumb dude. Like, he's smart. He can get his. No, no, he's not a dumb dude, but I I would be willing to make this statement. I can think of almost nobody who who Mm -hmm. has taken the the initiative to get their level three who's an avid CrossFit protagonist or antagonist, if you will. Um, Yeah, no, I agree with that. I agree with that. Oh, just for the record. Just for the record, too, oh, I edged out true. Fern by five. We definitely plus. did. Joby hit a one eighty five thousand. Five thousand. But the but the but the question, Cody, is where did you finish in the forty to forty five age range? I'm not yep. there, so I win. So there you go. <laughs> I was in the yeah. forty five to forty nine age range. Let's see where oh, we're at. Forty four. Let's, let's see where Ackerman was. Can I turn oh, forty five this year? <laughs> then you're not in that age range. Yes, you are. It's when it's where your birthday is during the. Uh, during the season, I think, or maybe where the games, I forget. All right, so this is how this is how it went. All right, I'm at thirty two thousand, roughly. Ferns at thirty seven thousand. I'm at thirty seven thousand. And Ackerman's at fifty four. Oh, just a hop, just fifty four place. I'm at just a hop, skip, and a jump. Just a hop, skip, and a jump away. <laughs> I from thought this. I was. Wait, is it so you can look at the overall open even if that is that days? is that is under the categorization of men. Not Just in your men. men. I, first of all, I identify as a dog. Is there a dog? <laughs> there is. There is no category for that, so you yeah. are disqualified. Um, I thought I was. I I thought I beat you guys in a couple of the workouts. Did I not? No, I don't think so. Look, you thrust not, not if I beat you by twenty thousand places. <laughs> <laughs> what'd you <laughs> What'd you thrust there, Fern? Um, two oh five. I got two fifteen. Yeah, but I beat you by like a million reps in the shuttle run in the break. I know. I'm oh, so yeah. Slow. Yeah. I was so slow. I could see your little fat body running in your basement, <laughs> basement, running back and forth with your short legs. What about um? What'd you get in this in the last one? Did you get to the one eighty five? I didn't even get out of the one thirty five. Oh, so I must have beat you on that one then. What did you get? I got yeah, through yeah. the doubles in the in the one eighty five round, but I couldn't snatch it. Yeah, he got to the third barbell. Yeah. Oh yeah, no, like, I, I got, I was coming off of five days of work. I did so I did it next to. Uh, so shout out Keith Knapp, who's I believe his title is director of marketing for CrossFit. He was here doing. Uh, oh, he uh, was at the box. Work. Yeah, so they came on Monday to do the. Oh, that the was shoot, the, the, sh- yeah. the shoot for the show. Um, um, and he was like, "I'm going to do the open again." Um. <laughs> Creeping up the leaderboard there, Nick. The um, 
he was doing it, I think, for the third time because I, I think he was on the bubble for his age group to make the quarters, semi, uh, semi, no quarters. And as I was doing my second set of wall walks, I just remember like face down on the floor as I'm doing the second set of wall walks, and I hear his bar dropping at what I can considered to be an alarming rate at that point at the so he's at the 135 at this point yeah know? and it's just like bing bing and i'm like holy shit <laughs> it's like there's no way and then i did uh and then i did my first snatch which probably looked like my literally my first snatch of my life at 135 and uh immediately came to the conclusion that i would not be moving past that barbell was no, I thought that, that was a good one for me so, hey cody am i gonna go on to quarters in my age group uh, I mean, I no, you have to be like top 10% or something. Yeah, like but that. how many people, I mean, I'm on 54,000. Yeah, but that's the, the difference is, is that, like the age online qualifier, like you have to be in the top 10% in the world in your age, no. group, not just in your reach. Right, right, right. But I mean, I don't know. Am I being a little uh, optimistic yes. here? <laughs> yeah, yeah, the answer is yes. Uh, there are, there is. Better than Corey Leonard, who's 798 in my same age group. Hey, I want to check, I want to check something out real fast. Okay, well, while you're checking that out, Let's hey, listen. first of all, shout out to my main squeeze. My daughter rode her bike. No training wheels today. Logan, if you're listening, listen. I know you listen to every episode. Slow clap. Slow <laughs> that's clap. great. She's what, seven or eight? Oh, she's nine. So that, nine? That's, a little, that's a little sad, but whatever. Like, Is that sad? I don't know. I don't know. A lot of kids do it significantly sooner, but she's always been super happy. No, like what's, what's um, a typical? Uh, probably like six or seven, probably. All right, you know we're, what? We're looking at the uh, the best hour of their day leaderboard. These are all the people that joined. Adam, remember the life of me couldn't figure out how to get onto that leaderboard. Yeah, you're think, not even think, on it. I heard. From I think they just blocked that. me. They were just. So like, we got wait, we got triple A up here. He's he's in the he's in the fifth place. Adam's on. Adam from Buena Vista is a fit dude. What he hit? All right, scroll down, Cody. Stevens on there. Colton. Boucher to Boucher be me? Yeah. Fuck you guys for not letting me on the leaderboard, by the way. You could have gotten on. You just had to – we were joking about you. We were like, Fern doesn't know how to do the hat. There are – look, I'm going to say this about you, Fern. I definitely, I definitely couldn't figure that out, I'll be honest with you. I tried. There are definitely – like, you're, like, one of the smartest people I know. You're hardworking. But there are definitely things in life where I'm like, Fern can't figure that out. Like, there are things you do. I'm like – sure. Yeah, Fern, like, doesn't do that. Where am I? Am I last? No, you're right. You're here. Oh, Sam beat me. I just got off the call with Sam. By the way, Sam Bradford right there, Cross and Moira in yeah. Ireland. Just got off, like, literally right before this got off a call. Over Best month 250, ever. Yeah, 250 members. He's like, Jay, I got to cap my membership. I'm like, we're not capping your membership, dude. Like, no. No, no, no. I mean, if, if, any, if there's ever a box that's on the verge of capping, he's at, like, 20 every single class. So shout out to Sam. Um, um another shout out real quick zev um, yeah tell us about zev i saw that in our slack dude crossfit 184 they had this is not a joke right but we're just going to give some people some shout outs and then we'll get into the deadlift 60 people so he currently holds the record for bring a friend week says for bring a friend week it was 51 kapua you've been dethroned and then um james did really well in muddy water too um, he was like converted 50. converted 20 people out of that's 60. crazy zev Zev's been like under the radar, just chipping away. He's on small group calls, on newborn, calls. all the yeah. deal. Like putting Crush in it. the work, right? That's what I told everybody. I'm like, when I do the work, 
good shit happens. Right By the way, everybody. this is what ha- you can tell when you and I, Fern, we've not really spoken all week. And this is what happens. We, we catch up on our podcast. We've, I've literally spoke We're to you for about people. 30 seconds Monday. We're busy people. Yeah, we are busy. Um, anyway, deadlift. Let's get uh, should to it. We, we got 45 should we, should we or should we not? So we start there. Okay. For everyone listening, we're going to have a hard cap in 45 minutes. So we're about to – this is going to be like drinking from a fire hose about the deadlift. Let's talk about it. Should we or shouldn't we? Yes, you should deadlift. But I'm afraid of hurting my back. You should be. You should be. You you deadlift like a, like a soup sandwich. You should be afraid of hurting your back. Okay, which is a perfect segue. How would I avoid deadlifting like a soup sandwich? You. Well, go, go to a CrossFit affiliate, get coached up. Number one, go to a CrossFit affiliate. But, you know, there's a great article about or Glassman dealing with a doctor who's like, deadlift, you shouldn't do it. And he's like, cool, what about when grandma has groceries on the ground and she has to pick them up? Should she leave them on the ground? And the doctor's like, no, of course, she should pick them up. And he's like, yeah, dummy, she needs to deadlift. And everyone should be deadlifting, right? The, um, the needs of our grandparents and Olympic athletes differ by intensity, not kind. And I can tell you when you stop deadlifting in the gym, it's a recipe for disaster. Cause if you're afraid to deadlift with a barbell, a coach on you, right? Symmetrical plates, what's going to happen when you have to pick up a bag of dog food, a child, a laundry basket. So a couple things, if you guys have questions about the deadlift specifically, how to coach it, the issues that you have in the deadlift, drop those into the chat and the questions and we'll cover those. But yes, Deadlifting is one of the most functional things a human being could do in their life. So not to mention the kind of like neuroendocrine benefits of doing something like a deadlift. The long term is with regard to health and vitality. So we use vitality, health and uh, vitality. Um, It's one of the easiest ways to maintain lean muscle mass and an adequate bone density by loading the skeletal system and it's something you do every single day. And those are two indicators of long term or of lifespan. What's your lean muscle mass? What is a bone density? And then grip strength, right? So if you just throw those three things in there, deadlift covers all of them. So if you want to live forever, deadlift. Deadlift. Well, you know what the deadlift used to be called before it was called the deadlift? Cody, Google it. You know what it was? Hmm. You don't do the healthy lift. The healthy lift. The pick things up. Pick things up, put them down. No, it used to be called the healthy lift. Uh, I always say the safest thing to deadlift is a bar. Yeah, nowhere in life can you organize. Yeah, exactly. Symmetrical, even, right? Most of the times we're picking things up in the real world. You know, it's 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 not um, easy to get set up. Your butt's probably lower, etc. How often should we be deadlifting? As often as required to maintain strength. What a fucking answer. Wait, what an answer. That? Is, is, that, is that an it depends answer or what? No, that's yeah, a great it depends, answer. It's true. It like, depends on what your goal is, right? If you're trying to be a world-class deadlifter, obviously you'd be deadlifting at a at a significantly higher volume and frequency. But if you're a run-of-the-day person like the rest of us, if you deadlift, if you get a moderate weight on the barbell every 10 to 14 days, you could probably check that box. You know, like it, it's – what do you need to do? What can you pick up? So think of the deadlift. If we think about the sick, well, fit continuum, what um, we it's not just for biometrics, but we could throw uh, some sort of fitness or strength components on there. If you cannot deadlift your body weight, you're probably sick. If you can deadlift your body weight, you're probably somewhere between, you know, 
sick and well, if you can deadlift over your body weight to anywhere between two to potentially three times your body weight, you're moving over towards the fit uh, with regard to that lift alone, moving over towards a fit end of the spectrum. So there's a, there's a range there. And then like, how much do you need? Depends on what your job is. Depends on what you need to do in life. And also, yeah, like, you know, here's the thing we talk about it. What is fitness? How much of anything do you need? If you're doing CrossFit enough to increase work capacity across broad time and modal domains. People might, might like balk at this, but the reality is like, if you can reasonably, I mean, like, in a, in a, in a confident manner, let's, let's just use guys. If you can pick up 315 pounds, you, that is very likely more than you will ever need to pick up outside of the gym. So if you're 100. repping 315, like you're good. Yeah. And if, if I always tell people, if you're picking up more than 315 in the real world, something's going wrong. Yeah. There's a tragedy on your hands. Yeah. And you, and you either are going to have that like freakish mom strength or not, but you know, or you're lifting a really freaking heavy couch and you should just hire a mover. Um, do you ever use body weight, two-time body weight, three-time body weight goals with your athletes? If that is something that they are chasing, then yes. But outside of that, just deadlift. Deadlift in as many variations and as many load um, loading options as possible. Do you ever use – you don't have a hex bar at your box, do you? We got everything in my box. What are you talking about? You got a hex bar? Bro, we have we we I think we literally have everything. Dude, come on, man. Like we've produced knowledge content where where Fern's saying, look, hey, if you Correct. need to, this is a great option. The hex bar is a great tool watch, for people who I don't struggle. watch any content with Fern. You if you want to get some knowledge, you should watch the knowledge. The um <clears throat> yeah, the hex bar is a great substitute for people who struggle with a conventional bar, meaning they probably have either potentially maybe a bony blockage at the ankle or some sort of hamstring or glute limitation where they cannot get their hip height at the right position while yeah. keeping a neutral spine. Hex bar allows you to stay in a, in a more of a squatty setup. Um, it has tremendous carryover to sprinters, by the way, if you're a sprinter Why? or a jumper, um, because of the position and it allows you to transfer force in a, in a, in a significantly more vertical direction with a hex bar. I got a couple of follow-up questions here one i think that's correct Corey. um can you pull that up um uh cody i do believe that that at least in the army they're using the hex bar for their fitness test for the deadlift I'm i think almost yeah they're using it for their yeah, and they have established right. loads too right uh yes they do have established loads and they're not light by the way what i think it's i think it's for like i think it's for like a like a three rep or something like yeah. three reps at whatever weight um, yep. follow up, follow up question. Do you ever, well, two things like, do you ever do any, um, you brought up sprinting stuff. Do you ever do any like staggered stance style deadlifts on purpose? Uh, in warm, <clears throat> excuse me, in warm ups only typically would not, not a, in warm ups or, or accessory work, but yes. Yeah. I What's think the one like between the legs, there's a between the legs deadlift. Do you ever see that? Uh, well, th but that's a staggered stance, same thing, but you're yeah, but there's a, I mean, there's a whole. I want to call it sport, but there's a whole like competition out there of like these awkward, like weird lifts. There's a, there's a CrossFit article about like the unique lifts. Like what's the one? Well, that's the, the, what's the one with the stones? Not, not, yeah. Not the stones, the, not the Blarney stones, but whatever the stones are called. <laughs> um, they had it uh, just had it there because the Rogue Invitation was this past weekend. They had yeah, yeah. The, talking uh, about the ones where they just have to pick them up like two inches off the ground and hold them for yeah. But they're yeah. in that staggered position because of where the where the the rings on the stone and where the stones are shaped. They're in that position. 
I don't want a barbell between my legs. So, um, well, my, you're my, missing out. You're missing out, Corey. Yeah, you, you have another Denny question? You, you said Denny you Stones. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Um, well, I brought this article, this this part here from the article. Uh, Fern, you're still programming like for your affiliate and actively working through like something different here. The level one here says we should be approaching you know some near max loads once a week and probably one other time in the week at at lower at lower weights and you know varying reps there do you um adhere to that inside of the programming that you do do you have people like approach a near maximal deadlift in some capacity during the week once a week um i guess technically speaking when you say near maximal that you, you could extrapolate that out to near maximal would be contingent upon the rep scheme so probably um so near max at seven versus near max at one are very different, but they're both near max. So I guess, yes, we typically still do have a heavy um, and heavy, I think is relative. So I don't know what near max means, but like, I don't, would it be safe? Could we all agree like 90% would be near max? Sure. Oh yeah. Yeah. I think, I think any day you touch 90% is like a great training day. Like oh, yeah. fantastic. You know, interesting on that note, Cody, Joby, uh, and Tanya at Virilis, they follow main site and they're back in that period of time where Glassman was programming. Remember when we were at Whistler Fern yep. and he like changed the site? Yeah. He, he's like, we're deadlifting all the time. We're doing 5K rows all the time, CrossFit totals, you know, and it, it, it's, it's, it, it is cool to see like Glassman wrote these articles, but then he was still believing in it all these years later. And, uh, you know, I was talking to Joby about it. I'm like, man, your members may not love the programming, but I guarantee they're getting fitter. Like that's the beauty of it, right? Like the, the sexiest of programming doesn't necessarily lead to fitness. Sometimes it's like five K's to build that capacity. Right. Heads to build that, you know, top end strength. And, and this is a, I don't want to say it's a point of contention, but I'll say it's a point of tension with regard to programming and the, and the affiliate there should be a reasonable conversation had with regard to this is ideal for maximum fitness output and this is what would get people to show up for the long term to create a lifestyle and you could say it both ways like hey that that might not be fun but it'll get you fit and i you could you could alternatively argue it might not get them as fit as that other program but they'll show up and i'm like you should really do your best to strike it's a, a balance to strike to strike a balance there between I said strike a pose like this is a Madonna song but strike a balance between the two um no, there's definitely a balance I think but I also wouldn't you agree though Fern like if three months if you're like hey members listen to me give me three months and they're like I'm fitter than ever I look good like at some point they're like cool this shit works I'm gonna keep coming very well. There would be there. Would, you would absolutely have some people that would fall in there. I would also contend and be very confident saying this that you would have some people that would fall off and beforehand. stop training beforehand. At which point, did I serve them correctly? And well, all I'm saying with this before we go back to the deadlift is like we should all collectively think about programming on a significantly longer timeline than we currently do. Hundred percent. And I would tell you this though, as a level four. I'll make I make everything fun. It doesn't matter what we're doing. We're gonna have some fun today. To date, you have not made this podcast or this <laughs> job fun. <laughs> hey, Cody, bring up Brendan's comment. I've been working here since August, and I don't know if I've had fun yet. So 
I'm going to bring it up because you're too slow. Just wanted to say being on Hiller Fit in the morning and getting a text shout out on the best hour of their day from Fern. Look at this. Look what you're doing, Fern. Look at Changing what lives. Changing lives. Changing lives. You got a Changing nine-year-old lives. on a bicycle. You got Brendan happy. Um, how often do you see programming that mandates certain grip styles? This is a good question because I've realized for me, grip is like my limiting factor. And I've noticed I almost always over under grip, right? Or what do you call it? The Western grip, Fern? Is that the Western grip? It's a side saddle. I'm side not really sure. <laughs> the, um... Um, but Curtis Bowler, when we used to run, um, you know, the, the heavy days where we can pick the movement, he used to call it, what do you, I think he used to call it the no deadlift, which was like no belt, uh, no mixed grip. No, no hook grip. No hook grip. And then there was yeah. one other thing. Uh, no dropping or something and you know yeah. so it's pretty it is it is really good what do you what do you think about that do you ever when you program um force certain grips i think it's a fantastic way so if anybody wants a, a couple little like nuggets with regard to like if, if you have so this is a we can just make up a scenario so you're coaching a class there's a couple athletes in the class that ha- you have not seen or you're concerned about Meaning like, I'm not really sure that they can manage this stimulus with a heavy weight on the barbell. Things like that are perfect ways to mitigate risk because by changing some slight variables in the deadlift, you will inherently bring the, the weight down to something more manageable. So think about like, instead of doing heavy threes for that person, make it heavy fives, no belt, no mixed grip, no hook grip. And now suddenly the grip becomes a little bit more of a limiting factor, at which point the overall load inherently cannot become the limiting factor. So it's a really good way to slap a regulator on the deadlift so that people can't do silly things. Well, and talk about transferability, right? Like where else in the box do you have an maybe once in like once in a while you do some burpee pull-ups, you're mixing your grip up, but it's Almost always like double overhand grip, pull-ups, toes to bar, muscle-ups, right? So you want to get better at those, you know, you do it. And I think that's a fantastic way of looking at it. Like you go double overhand grip and it's going to just minimize the, the risk. Okay. Pop quiz, hot shot. You're talking to me or Cody? Uh, well, you're not a hot shot. So I'll throw this to Cody. Um, I assumed you would just take the title, but, um, (laughs) actually we'll put Cody on the spot. Why not? We put Cody on the spot. You haven't been on the show recently. This never goes well. <laughs> look, look, I'm over-caffeinated. I'm underslept. Um, I'm not ready for it, so let's go. Let's hear it. Let's, yeah, let's see what you got. Points performance for the deadlift. Oh, oh Jesus. Jesus. I'm, I'm wait. There's 0% chance again. <laughs> <laughs> definitely, definitely not happening. He has his level three, which is makes it embarrassing. Yeah. It does. It does make it embarrassing. Just like, listen, do your best, Cody. Just know that your future with the company hinges on this moment. Um, well, we need the, <laughs> this is the face that a trainer makes internally at the level two oh, that man, face yeah. that Jay was making. That's he what was just like, cause he's, he's like, it's well, like, um, <laughs> if you're saying those words, I know you're not going to get them. Like if you don't at least start off with just like, Hey, how about we keep a neutral spine? <laughs> yeah. That, that, that was the only one that I had in my brain. It's like neutral spine. That's it. Neutral All right. Spine. Listen, uh, listen, I'll, I'll allow you to phone a friend and I'll just pitch right to Jason Ackerman. All I'm- right. Let's go neutral spine. Yeah. Let's go uh, bar path. Let's go bar contact. Active shoulders, kind of all the same right there. Hips and shoulders rise together. Proper return, proper setup, weight in the heels. I think I might have thrown in a couple extras in there. You actually did. So yeah. that was. But they're all the same. I just. 
listed them all. Uh, Brendan, yeah. Same thing I just said. I got him. But more concise. Thank you, Brendan, for being the, the one saving grace here that I have on the show for professionals. Um, <laughs> Cody got zero. Cody got zero. Yeah, zero. Um, okay, so um, in that, low-hanging fruit when teaching the deadlift, Jay. Where, where, where can somebody start? Bar contact, probably one of the easiest places to start. And I think, you know, watching, you know, I was at a level two this weekend. And that's often where I tell coaches to watch because it's just so easy. Like, did that bar stay, especially above the knee? That's a lot of times where you see that. And then it's okay. Well, if that's happening above the knee, chances are maybe that hip and shoulder isn't rising either. So let's just start there. And it's an easy cue. A lot, especially with PVC, like you can be doing whatever you want with your knees, your butt, your back. Just keep that bar tight to your body. Okay. Uh, Cody, your turn. Sorry, I was scanning other stuff. What'd you say? Jesus. Oh, God. Hey, hey, look, I'm producing and trying to pay attention to this show. Producing, well. You don't have to do anything. You it's literally like, hit record. Your job is done. It's, 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 it's no different than scanning the class and making sure that I keep, you know, dynamic and static cues simultaneously. Here's the difference, right? It's like my screens go away. I can't even see you guys whenever I'm doing other stuff. That, then you're welcome. Low hanging fruit when teaching the deadlift. So in order to make it go well. Um, I mean, for, for me, I would go active shoulders. Okay. It's kind yeah. of the same as bar contact, but that's fine. Not, you, not, not that. really, but okay. Um, <laughs> well, you keep that bar in close, right? Active shoulders. Well, but you I could have also... active shoulders with a shitty bar path. Yeah, but bar path and bar contact. I'm but saying those are not contact. the same either. You can have a complete contact and a terrible bar path with active shoulders. I'm saying if you have active shoulders, the bar's close to your body. You can All right, everybody. I will fucking give everybody the right. Wait, wait before you go. just one answer. Also, the setup. Start with the setup. Okay, thank you. All right. Start with the setup. Every movement, that is what you should focus on. If you get the setup right, it is highly likely that it will go better. If you get the setup so wrong, right, if, you, if you get the setup wrong, fight. Yeah, we are gonna fight. <laughs> if you get the setup wrong, depending on the setup, if the setup is incorrect, meaning the shoulder to barbell to hip relationship is not intact, you can almost you could very likely predict the fault that is going to follow based on the setup position, right? So, for instance, Jay, what fault would probably unfold and you can pull this video or pull these photos up cody in the squatty setup where the shoulder would be behind the bar so go to that picture where uh, julie's and julie's bar yeah bar's the, gonna in go the, around the knees yeah so yeah, i got that sound quick level four uh yep yeah, sorry nope go down one or the ones where james is coaching her in this mm, one well this is a sumo deadlift one of the big while, while cody's okay. doing that when I see setups at the level one, especially, we can probably go to. I see people, and you can tell they're going to feel it in their anterior side. They're squatty. And the right. light bulb I get by lifting their butt higher or pushing their knees back right. or getting their shoulders over the bar. And I'm like, you feel your hamstrings? And they're right. like, I've never deadlifted right. And I'm like, well, no. now here's the deal with that. That's that can, it's, that's great, right? So to keep that one in your back pocket. However, Jay, I'll ask you the question. Um, it's not really relevant to you, but you did live in this world. Like what happens if I'm going to be like, Hey, can, if I'm asking that question to somebody who's a lifelong Yogi, 
Are they really going to feel their hamstrings? Somebody who's uber flexible? No, just because they're too right. No, but right for sure. I mean, you're picking a very small, you know, data point there. But yeah, but more. No, so- no. But I, so I'm not saying you're. Not, I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just saying from a coaching standpoint, there the, just to be aware of the questions you ask, right? Because like again, if you're like, hey, you feel your hamstrings, and they're like, no, like they're just fully extended at the knee with a tabletop back, and then I'm like. That's weird. How did you do that? And it's just like understanding flexibility and they might feel their hamstrings. They might not really what we're trying to get them to understand is like, where's their body in space? Where's their shoulder relative to the barbell? Where's their hips relative to their shoulders? Um, So go back up one, I think there, Cody. No, uh, one page up. Sorry. Right here in the trainer guy. Yeah. So this, this, oh shit, I have a different one. What do you have open? The level one trainer guide. Um, this is. I know. Anyway, this might be an older version. Anyway, there's a there's a picture in there where like she's in a squatty setup, but clearly you're going to go around the knees right now. In the in uh, if they're in a squatty setup, and conversely, Jay, high hips. What's probably going to happen? What's the fault? If their hip, if they set up high in their hips, well, the hips and shoulders are definitely going to be off on the on correct. Right, that one right there is the one I was looking at, Cody. Yeah. So. In those two scenarios, you you would be able to predict what's going to go wrong there, right? So again, this is where the setup is the key component of all of this, where you can start to head things off at the pass. Um, If you want to have to see less as a coach, or you want to have to be, you want to have to correct less, really master the setup, because then I can then with a good with with good confidence, I can predict where things are going to go wrong if I get that right. Um, So, yeah. The a lot of people focus on the back a lot, and I'm like, that's one. That one's really obvious, honestly. Like somebody's rounding their back, like it just it just sticks out like a sore thumb. It's not it's not something you have to do a ton of focus on. You might have to teach people how to brace, but um, that's really the other thing that'll happen in that bottom left picture. There is what you were referring to, Jay, is like in with that high hip position where she kind of her back kind of looks like a tabletop. Yeah. is that the bar will typically lose contact with the body. Oh, yeah, for sure. Due, due to that poor setup position. So just because it just turns into a, a Romanian deadlift. Um, I, I think also what's important to note about the setup of the deadlift is regardless of the size, shape of the person you're working with, the reference points don't change. It's right? relationships. Relation, yeah. relationships. So yeah. like 5'3", like me, or 6' foot like someone else, or long arms, short legs, whatever. It's, you know, knees knees over the feet. I don't like to say heels because it's not always a vertical shin, but knees over the feet, hips over the knees, shoulders above slightly in front of the bar. Yeah. Right? Coach Glassman used to call it that play button. You can see it on that picture with Julie a little bit, but there's that triangle there. She's obviously a little high, so it's a weird-shaped triangle, but if she dropped her butt like James does on the third picture there, it's that play button that he referred to. It's a good video yeah. Yeah, both of those both of those right pictures are the good ones. Just for everybody, everybody's on the same page. Um, All right, let's let's move on because we got a lot to cover. We got twenty two minutes. What about powerlifters who set up with a rounded back on purpose? That is, that would fall in the specialty bucket, right? So in that scenario, what it what needs to be considered is whatever position they start in, they would largely they would mostly stay in upon doing the lift. So what we don't want to see is change in 
um, in that thoracic spine as they're working through range of motion. Um, now, will you have it once they get up to the top and they kind of get to full extension? Yes. Also understand this is somebody who specializes in the deadlift and for sure at this point has the um, muscular development to facilitate that position. Also, it's worth noting that we're taught that the a rounding of the thoracic spine is very different than rounding of the lumbar spine. Big time. And, and, and like you said, the, the big takeaway from that is, you know, we talk natural S curvature and that kind of gets, you know, overlooked or misunderstood where it's like their natural S curvature. So if you right. have a slightly, you have kyphosis, scoliosis, et cetera, you're not going to change your spine. And in that position, first of all, let's also establish they're crazy strong. They're specialized. Like they're rounding on purpose. So long as it doesn't, the rounding doesn't get worse through that range of motion. Um, let's see, let's see. Good setup leads to a good pull. My eyelids are probably sick hearing me that. Yeah, I mean, it should in that scenario, Corey. A good deadlift setup leads to a good pull. What's your um, best deadlift ever, Fern? 515. You pulled 515? Pulling used to be my thing, dude. My wife, it's even more so my, my wife's thing. My wife pulled the heaviest she ever pulled is 385, I think she did. Solid. How about you, Cody? He's got a big butt. Uh, 425. Solid. Um, what do you think about long, this question? What's that, Cody? For the longest time I was chasing that, like I stayed around 145 to 150 pound body weight. And so I was like, I'm going to get to a triple body weight deadlift. I'm going to do it. And then it's like, the stronger I got, the more muscle I put on it, it just kept getting further away. I was like, I, I was, I was always pretty there. good at, I was always pretty good at pulling. And then I was, and I got like, I got decent at, at the clean. So while. let me ask you. I was never good overhead, but I cleaned three oh eight. Is the heaviest I've ever cleaned. You've got a you've got like a naturally rounded upper back. Do you do you me? keep yours kind of in that in that position whenever you're going for heavy pulls, or do you try to purposely kind of like pull everything back and down, keep it? No, yeah, I mean, it, like if you if you kind of like walk, if you if I walk around, it looks like I have a rounded back. But if you were to watch me deadlift, my back looks like relatively flat. And but the point is, is like that position remains unchanged as I work yeah. through range of motion, which is what you're looking for. Um, now, if I if I get to the upper limits of of a deadlift, are you probably going to see some some flexion? <laughs> um, um, That's after you gave him a compliment too. Imagine what no. he was going to say before that. She, oddly enough, Brendan would agree with you. The um, the now, if you get to the upper end of the spectrum, is it is it going to be completely out of the realm of possibility or likelihood that you're going to see some rounding of the of the thoracic spine? Probably not. The degree. Who am I talking about? What are they lifting? All of that now comes into uh, um, into play. Is it okay? Do we want to see it? No. Is it going to end their career? Likely not. Right. But should they keep going? Definitely not. I think most of that happens like it. Like when we do see it, like most of it happens in the first whatever six inches, right? Whenever you you lose the active shoulder a little bit and things round, but then it kind of stays in that position for the rest of the way up. Okay, if it's continually getting worse from that point on, that's like all right, we're in danger territory here. This is way, way, way too heavy. Once you see it, that's pretty much your stopping point. You're like, okay, it happened. Cool. We're not going any further than that. That's a, that's a that's an easy decision as a coach. Pull that uh, question up from Brad uh, real quick, Cody. So can you speak to coaching athletes who come in and are worried about deadlift because of low back pain as in, the, as in they don't want to go moderate heavy or have tweaked it before doing the lift? 
my question is a why do they have back pain because that hasn't largely speaking it probably has nothing to do with the the deadlift very simple test is uh like a standing hip hinge and to see if they can't touch their toe to see if they can touch their toes um if somebody cannot touch their toes this is a generalization right so this would mostly be accurate they can't touch their toes there's something going on there at which point we know they're going to have limitations in the setup at which point we would lose mechanical advantage not making it weird that they would be worried about the deadlift because they're lifting from a less than optimal position so just looking at like basic hamstring and glute uh flexibility or length uh, doing something absent of load like can you just bend over and touch your toes um, with a neutral spine you know, if they can't do that, I'm like, okay, well, I, that's a little peek into the future. You're probably going to struggle here. Um, but start them light. Again, this is where things like kettlebell or suitcase deadlifts, the hex bar can come in. If they struggle in that position or they're worried about that position, change the position. A deadlift is a deadlift. It doesn't, it, it doesn't state specifically conventional barbell deadlift. A deadlift is picking something up off of the floor. You can right. do that. We, we, our definition is because 99% of the time, that's what it is. <clears throat> And, you know, I want to answer Brad also. I think it's funny. Like if, if the same person, if you're like, hey, we're going to do sit-ups and the next day they were like super sore in their abs, they'd be like, oh, this is awesome. My abs are sore. I'm going to get a six pack. But that same person is like, oh, my back is sore. I'm injured. Like we've just gotten into this belief system that your 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 back is injured, not sore. Like I've been, I've done plenty of deadlift workouts where I'm like, oh, my back is freaking sore. Like it's not hurt. It's just sore. No different than any other body part. <clears throat> now people like, do have back injuries. Yeah, right? yeah, no, That's different. But it's just like the average person, they wake up sore. Like my back's hurt. I'm like, no, you just, uh, you're just sore from doing deads. Cody, find Dave Castro's deadlift. That is funny. <laughs> uh, all right. Let's move on while you're doing that. And I'm surprised, Cody, you know, if you really were passionate about this thing, best hour of their day. And at your job, aside from knowing the points of performance of the deadlift, <laughs> you would have had Mike Tyson. I broke my back, spinal, pulled up. Do you agree with that, Fern? Like, shouldn't he have had that? I have it on replay on my phone at all times. Yeah. How does he not have that? Um, anyway, let's go on while Cody's finding Castro's deadlift. Why do we do the sumo deadlift high pull instead of the clean high pull? I don't know. This is Cody's question. I don't know that that's true. A you should a you should do the clean high pull. Nobody's yeah, saying exactly. that you shouldn't. He said the latter seems more transferable. I don't know if that's true. Well, it is oh. transferable to the clean. Correct. They're both they're both transferable. These are these are these are what I consider to be like arguments for the sake of having arguments. Sure, that's, that's the reason why it's here. Right. That's that's why Cody's in charge. But here, here's why you should be doing the sumo deadlift high pull at your box. Grandma walks into the box. She doesn't have a rack position. She doesn't want, you know, we don't want to go ground to overhead. Sumo deadlift high pull. It's a very functional movement. If you've ever taken anything from the ground to the back of a pickup truck or something high, you've essentially done a sumo deadlift high pull. In addition, large loads, long distance quickly. Check out the power equation, right? The sumo deadlift high pull isn't necessarily a super large load, but it's a long distance. It's the longest you move a barbell with the exception of the snatch. And it's a very quick movement. So when you're talking power output or intensity, it's right I, up there. I understand people's argument be like, it's uh, you shouldn't do it because you can run into some injuries. I'm like, correct. Insert any movement yeah, done, done wrong. correctly. Yeah. 
and that would lead to problems. Um, there's a there's a very very functional carry over to the sumo deadlift, which is um, if anybody ever done like a a fireman carry or fireman drag, meaning like there's an incapacitated oh, yeah. person on the floor and you need to get your hands underneath their arms and drag them from, which we saw in the games by the way, and people carried it a bunch of different ways. Um, that would be exactly how you would get somebody to essentially a bear hug. And I'm not talking about like the army rollover where you roll on top of them and suddenly they're on your back. I'm talking about like, I need to get this person from A to B as quickly as possible. What would be the most reasonable, most effective means for the vast majority of people to do that? It would be that. Meaning like you can have a small female, you know, call it less than 135 pounds, effectively move a 200 pound male by picking them up in that scenario and just dragging them. I've seen it. I do. I've done it at seminars before. They're like, "What's the what's the functionality of this?" And I'm like, "You lay down on the floor." I'm like, "You pick him up underneath his, underneath them his arms and move him ten feet." And every female in the group can do that. Like that's the functionality of it. Um, it, it. But going back to that's the real life functionality of it. If we're trying to teach certain principles like quarter extremity, what you reference, Jay, is can I get them to do the sumo to left high pull? Um, appropriately, which can be easily modified by modifying range of motion. If you're worried about this internal position of the shoulders, AKA done poorly, just so they're all on the same page, then just reduce the range of motion. You know, it's very similar to a kettlebell swing in a lot of instances, like just range of motion and implement is slightly different. Um, but I think you will learn a lot about somebody's coordination and their ability to understand the principle of core to extremity hips then hands by doing the sumo type. Can you do it with other things? Absolutely. Nobody's saying that you can't. Yeah, Cody asks, what's better, the barbell or the kettlebell? Oh, here we go. Here's the deadlift. Are we ready? Are we going to run out of time? Are we going to run out of time in the show? Let's watch. Make sure the sound's off. Oh, man. That's so choppy. Is that choppy or is that just how he's moving? Well, it's choppy when you try to live stream something. <laughs> I like that we have a clock. Oh, on this is so great. Is this that is real, actually, that clock? Yes. Yeah, this is actually I think, not. I think um, this video is 40 seconds long. <laughs> oh, no, it's 24. I thought he that's got the, it. That's the No, that's the longest deadlift of all time. Um, I mean, hey, there's something to be said about that time under tension. Failed lift or not, he probably just got stronger. He got stronger, for sure. Um, um, let's talk about this one. Old school. The sumo della Taipo used to be the substitution for rowing when many gyms did not have rowers. I'd been there. It was one sumo yeah. della Taipo for every 10 meters. I would yeah. much rather row. For sure. That's like saying, like, that's like a, that's like the wall walk handstand push-up substitute. Like, nobody wants that one. Do you think? Do you think? Is there any workout that you, that you let's say? Um, I don't bad. I don't know what you're saying. Like, is there any workout, a benchmark workout that has rowing in it that you could substitute sumo deadlift high pulls for and do better? Ooh, probably not. How many row? How many sumo deadlift? Five hundred for the uh, five k. Fifty. No. <laughs> you Joby. I um. I was going to, I would like Christine came to mind, but that would just be devastating on your posterior wow. chain. It's just like deadlift into a deadlift. Into... Just think about it. Like even an easy pull on the row probably gets you 15 to 20 meters. Yeah. Like yeah. there's no, there's no way. Yeah. Uh, what do you think for a med ball clean is dumb. Should we stop doing it? 
No. Why do you think? Why do you think more affiliates don't program it? I th- I think. I think they don't program because they can't teach it for shit. There's that. I think it's one of the most devastating movements in CrossFit that's underutilized. There, I mean, L- listen. I want to. I want to air this out real quick. The proponents that this is dumb. A don't like it. That doesn't make something dumb. Also, can't coach it. Right. So just because you can't do something doesn't make it dumb or useless. Right. Because I'm like, we'll coach it and coach it effectively, and then tell me that it's dumb and there was no value to it. Right. But the reality is I'm like, cool, coach it. And they're like, it's dumb. I don't want to fucking do this. And I'm like, okay, well, that's different. You just suck at it, which doesn't mean it's useless. Well, and and again, think about someone new walks into your affiliate and you're like, hey, we're going to squat clean this barbell or we're going to just get under this medicine ball. I think it's a, it's a really quick tool to teach something like a power clean. Right. Grab that ball. Or a squat clean it, for that boom. matter. But I mean, if, even if you were worried about like the elbow position and the squat clean, like whatever, right? Just do a power clean. Just like just let, just get somebody to understand like getting to a position and then the timing of the elbows and the hands, just like jumping here, here into that position. I mean, we're pretty damn close, right? And I can have everything from a four pound ball all the way up to thirty in most gyms. Like, it's it's. These are the stupid conversations, I think. Like, it's a tool. It's not gospel, right? It is a tool that you are better off knowing how to use than not. Fair. And and throw it in any – I mean, most workouts with a medicine ball or med ball cleans have over 100, and you always wake up sore. It's a double squat where you're squatting fast and high rep. Like, it's just a great – Talk about like, hey, minimal equipment. If you're ever on the road, you know, you could do a med ball. You can find, you can load up your ruck, whatever you want to do. Like 50, 40, 30, 20, 10 med ball clean sit-ups, med ball cleans push-ups, whatever you want to do. It's like easy, easy way to get a quick dose it's of a, intensity. I, I, well, here's what I think the 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 distinction should be made. It, it's, a, it's a nice, not optimal interim tool for teaching the, the barbell lift. Okay. Meaning like I could get some load between PVC pipe and barbell. Okay. I'm not saying it's better than a barbell. I'm just saying it is, it's a nice interim tool to teach the basics. Kind of like we talk about the GHD where I can teach a movement absent of load. I consider four pounds to be absent of load, six pounds, even 10 pounds to some extent absent of load. However, in the context of training CrossFit, would we say that we use the med ball clean for training strength or training conditioning? Conditioning. Right. And that's where I think the distinction needs to be made. It's a conditioning tool. It's not a strength tool. I can teach the basic mechanics and then I can use that movement pattern to use it in a conditioning format, right? If you wanted to build some, some muscular stamina of the legs, go no further, right? The old double squat is devastating. Um, and I think it's just... Again, I think it's a lack of understanding or a resistance to use a tool. And here's the beauty of all of this. If you own your affiliate and you don't want to teach the med ball clean, don't teach the med ball clean. Don't, don't yeah. No, no one, you know, and for the record, that's the beauty. Newsflash, everybody. Uh, we're moving to franchise uh, model and everybody must teach the med ball clean every Monday. So you're welcome. No, all the, that's the beauty of CrossFit. If you don't want to do it, you don't have to. That, that's, that's what we love about However, it. However, I would, I would challenge everybody. Like, again, like, 
the the dogma is where this comes in. We're like, I'm never doing that. And I'm like, you can learn a lot by teaching the med ball clean, just like you can learn a lot by teaching the barbell, just like you can learn a lot by teaching the kettlebell clean. They're all different. And if and if you are in fact calling yourself or want to be a really good coach, you should learn how to do all of them. You don't necessarily have to use them, but you should know how to do all of them. Otherwise, there's some sort of deficiency there with regard to your ability to coach a, a wide range of population. Now, if you have a very niche population because you coach specialty athletes, cool. That's, then, we're, then I'm not talking to you. Nailed it. Nailed it. Yeah, I mean, Cody, like what are the questions you have? What's a, med- what's what's a medial clean? He said med- med ball, yeah. Oh, the med- 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 clean. but I mean, it's, it's a, it's a good tool too, for like large classes. Like, Hey, I want to do cleans today, but there's barbells everywhere and it's just not going to work. Pull out the med ball clean. My, another question is why do you think the med ball was chosen instead of dumbbells? You know, dumbbells have been around forever. Med ball is dumbbells are odd or okay. oddly. They're oddly awkward for a clean, honestly. Yeah. I think that would like be the reason why just they're, they're pretty strange to get into a front rack position. You know, like I don't find them to be nearly as natural a position as a med ball clean. Now kettlebell clean, there could be some, there could be some argument for that. I would think, um, but the dumbbell is a, is a weird one. It's not to say that you can't do it, but like having those on the side in the dumbbell based on foot placement can get a little weird if you're going to, I don't know. Um, but again, you should be able to teach it, right? Yeah, uh, I think it, for, as far as transferability goes, dumbbell, kettlebell, med ball, med ball has the most transferability to a barbell, right? Even a kettlebell clean, it's you're sending between it the legs, easily, yeah. right? You're like, you're catching it in this rack position. Same with the dumbbells. You can easily, I mean, you do a, you do a clean workout with dumbbells, anything lighter than fifties, you're probably reverse curling it more than anything. Yeah. Right. And so, and again, it has its place. It's a conditioning right, like tool. Brad just like said, that. yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, a hundred percent. And then, you know, again. and one other thing is, you know, going back to what I said, a lot of it is, you know, we're we're trying to remove, we're, we're just we're we're trying to remove the fear and anxiety of teaching. You know, of someone new walking in, dumbbells and kettlebells. First of all, teaching someone new a kettlebell clean would be crazy because they're gonna bruise themselves <laughs> up. They're gonna smash yeah. their fingers. Right. A kettlebell but, clean or a kettlebell? Is that what you said? Yeah, I mean, if you try to teach, oh someone yes, brand new, yeah. no. the old so, like, yeah, no, exactly. So the med ball clean is just far less intimidating than any of those movements. I would like to bring to light that Cody, you clearly have had a rough day because we've had no snippets in this. Yeah, no, dude, he's no, off his game today. Do you need a hug? Do you need a hug? Man, dude, it's it's been a rough week. I'm I'm headed to St. Lucia next weekend, and it's like, oh, you're I'm, trying to get ahead, is what's I'm, happening. Tough week, tough week. When I hopped on the when I hopped on the on the feed, he's listening to suits. I'm like, what are you listen to is like I binge the suits this week. <laughs> <laughs> um, the we'll wrap up with this. Um, but we already talked about it, but I want to well, I want to throw it out there to the audience. Like, if you can do a workout with sumo deadlift high pulls that would normally be done with rowing and beat your score. I want you to do it and tag us in it. I want to know no what. Gonna, which, no I, want, I, want, I want you to know which workout you can beat yourself. You get in. zero takers for that. Battle. No one can do it. It's impossible. You don't think so? No one. No one can do it. Somebody um, put Jackie earlier. I don't. Uh, Corey did right. You oh, have, to have to do a hundred, hundred single of tie pulls. Like, there's no way that's faster than a one k row. Well, 
Well, like, even if the, it were, it's going to destroy you for the thrusters and pull-ups. The, what's the standard for that? What was the old, was it 75-55 or 95-65? No, it was an empty bar for the... Oh, yeah, it's an empty bar for, for, yeah. one, for one to ten. Is the okay, all right. And so, like you said it, the 5K, do you think you could do 500 sumo del Papo faster in... <laughs> 2K, faster than row, 200, 200, 200 barbell rows. <laughs> You'd have a you'd have the sickest bicep pump of all time. Not to mention, like if you do that, you're gonna round your back. Like if you tried to do it moving well, it's one hundred percent slower. That's yeah. fair. I don't think it's the most likely. By the way, Corey, I think I think more likely is a two K than than Jackie. Anyway, we've got other calls. Okay, real quick, sumo yeah. delft high pool points of performance, Jayco. All the points of performance of the deadlift. Plus timing and speed. Nice med ball clean. All, all the same points plus uh, hip extension and receiving position. Sound squat. Nice job. You get to retain your level four. Uh, I was going to ask you, Cody, but I had no faith. Um, yeah, we did not. Okay, okay. it's rightfully, rightfully so. <laughs> um, all right. Anything else for us, Cody? Before we wrap up, let's just give uh, the the listeners a peek into the week tomorrow. Fern, are you on tomorrow? Yeah, we got a double tomorrow. So yes. tomorrow, 9 a.m. Eastern, Fern's got the affiliate oh, yeah. hot seat. Who's on that, Cody? Uh, Jenny Gibb. No, that's that's on the progression. Nope, she's on for the- She's on for uh, both tomorrow? Wait, no, 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 the hot seat No, no, tomorrow. yeah, she's, no, the hot seat tomorrow is, standby, is- um, Marlo Hicks. Four to five fit. Yeah, Marlo. Marlo Hooch. You know what movie that's from? Oh. <laughs> the League of Their Own. Um, so we got affiliate hot seat tomorrow with Marla. Jenny Gibbs is on the progression at uh, what time is that? Three thirty Eastern. We back to normal time. Uh, yeah, back to normal time. Three thirty. Three thirty Eastern. Opens over. He opens over. So there's no hot seat on Friday next week. Back to a normal schedule. We got some guests coming on uh, both Monday and Wednesday show. We'll keep you guys posted on that. And um, if you want to be on either the affiliate hot seat or the progression. Cody, can you, do you have that link available? Is that too hard uh, for you to find? I can have I can have it available. You should make it a shortcut, dude. Make it a. Sh- I have so many shortcuts on my phone. Watch this. I'll put something in the chat. Boom, boom. Just do it like that. I don't have my phone near me though when I'm on this. I'm Wait, I, would also, I would also like to note that Jay didn't actually do anything. We said boom, boom, boom. It's done. He just he just literally <laughs> used those words Watch as this. if he was Watch do- as if he was I, doing something. I got a shortcut where I say N Katie, and up oh, it popped up. There it is, right there. See. But. That's the link to learn more about affiliate you. So I have lots of you put them on your you put them on your phone and the shortcuts on your computer too. Just so um, you know, Cody. Why no, is the no. oldest guy on this call teaching you technology, Cody? Couple things. If you guys want to be on the hot seat or the progression, hit us up, fill out that form below. Um, if you've not downloaded the Bring a Friend mini course, you should drop the link, it, Cody. It oh, I'll do it because I got a shortcut. And then if you guys are not planning on attending your summits, I believe the, uh, the average number of affiliates attending the summits this year thus far has been uh, 75, but average number of attendees has been about 150 ish, maybe a little bit higher. So you should definitely go. There's nothing better than getting in a room with a bunch of other affiliate owners and coaches like you. It was definitely worth your time. You should absolutely do that. Um, yeah. Get out of your gym, go, siphon knowledge off of other people get out there uh build better boxes and um for the love of god be better than cody and learn 
the points performance. Seriously. All right, Cody. All right, guys. Great, great show, Fern. See you later.